0: Welcome to SLU Law Summations, presenting brief looks at legal matters that matter to you by St. Louis University School of Law, located in the heart of downtown St. Louis.
1: There is currently a $42 million fight over education in the city of St. Louis. Charter schools are staking claim on their funding, while St. Louis public schools are insisting that they are owed funds for desegregation. It is a battle between public and charter schools that has become commonplace across the country. I'm Corey Dugas, and today we are joined by Michael Wolfe, Dean of SLU Law. Dean Wolf served as special counsel to Governor Carnahan, working on legislation and other solutions on St. Louis and Kansas City, following the federal court's supervision of the desegregation programs. Thank you for stopping by today, Mike. Uh, hello. St. Louis Public Schools are suing the state of Missouri over funds they believe they are owed. Can you explain a little bit about this lawsuit and what's at stake?
0: Sure. It's part of the uh, old uh, lawsuit about desegregation that was settled in 1999. Mm-hmm. And the uh, settlement included uh, was set, it was, this table was set for the settlement by legislation that was passed that I worked on in 1998. Mm-hmm. And the legislation uh, that passed basically set the table for the cases to be settled in Kansas City and St. Louis. The trick was to try to get more money from the state so that it would replace the money that was ordered by the federal courts for the desegregation programs. And the way that the legislature chose to do that was to allow St. Louis to raise some property tax Mm -hmm. uh, rent levy because the amount of state aid was dependent upon Your property tax levy, and there was a certain amount of that they could do without having the people vote on it, and then they also needed some additional money. And the polling showed that the voters of St. Louis would not approve a further property tax rate. So, but they would approve a sales tax. So they so they approved a sales tax for uh, desegregation in 1999. Mm -hmm. That helped set the, the stage for the settlement of the case. The uh, so the, the dispute now is about the funding for the charter schools and in the same bill, the same law that set up the sales tax and the financing mechanism for, uh, settling the deseg case also had provisions for authorizing charter schools and how to fund the charter schools because charter schools are public schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, uh, entitled to get, uh, when they got established, uh, the state aid per pupil plus the share per pupil of the local tax effort. That included the property tax and in other, uh, like Kansas City, that was just the property tax. But in St. Louis, it also included that sales tax piece that was converted to equivalent property tax. So there weren't any charter schools when they settled a case in 1999. Uh-huh. So along come these charter schools. And there was resistance by the city school board to anybody trying to start a charter school, because I think they were resisting because of the fact that the money, some of the money that was coming into the city for educating the city kids would have been diverted from the district schools to charter schools. But that resistance was overcome a few years later, and they started a whole bunch of charter schools came into being. And then the Legislature made some other provisions that made it easier to start charter schools and in some cases allowed them to be directly funded uh, as their own uh, local education authorities. Uh, That came later. Uh, But the the question was, well, is that money? And the money in the sales tax was dealt with in in the settlement in 1999. And so the city schools believe that that's money for their schools. And the charter schools have been paid their portion of, this, of the sales tax money uh, all the way through. But in 2005, the legislature changed the way state aid is distributed. So I know this is complicated.
1: That's okay. It's, it's a great <laughs> lesson for us.
0: Well, so the, the, uh, the problem is that the uh, legislature decided that they couldn't maintain a foundation aid formula that was based upon property tax rates. So they decided to shift the whole conversation, and it was a shift that occurred over about four or five years, from this equity notion that you would get a certain amount depending upon your prop- the property tax effort that you made on the local level, uh, that was kind of an equal access to the money, mm-hmm. to the idea that every school district and every kid should get an amount that was, quote, adequate. So how do you find adequate? Well, the way the legislature did it was they said, okay, what the state needs to do, is get a whole bunch of school districts that are high performing, but not high, not necessarily high cost. So you eliminate the real high cost and the real low cost. You get some really well-performing schools. You average out what they spend per kid, and that's the amount that, that they determine to be adequate. Mm-hmm. Then after that, your local tax gets added onto that and all of that. But the adequacy amount initially was, I think, 6300 and some dollars. The state... Uh, because they were cutting taxes at the same time, couldn't afford it. So they stopped. They didn't fund 100% of the adequacy amount, only a certain amount of it.
1: And this so, adequacy amount, this is per student? Per in this? student, mm-hmm. yep.
0: And, and, the, and the problem with that uh, is that, that, uh, uh, that it wasn't adequate. And even by definition, it wasn't mm-hmm. adequate. By the way, at the legislature this session... Did something that they probably thought was clever. Uh, it worked. They redefined adequacy to be a lower amount. The governor vetoed that, and they overrode his veto.
1: And so, that's happened just this session. Just this session, mm-hmm.
0: right? So the the fundamental problem is that there isn't enough money in the system, uh, really, to meet all of the educational needs of the children in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the, uh, and the and the voters of St. Louis, I think in really a testament to how well we're doing relative to years ago, approved a property tax increase. The voters haven't done that in decades.
1: And that's great news for the school districts. It
0: is great news, and the the charter schools supported that. Mm -hmm. And they really felt um, kind of uh, betrayed, I guess is a pretty strong word, when the school district went to court and, and made a motion to say, look, you've been paying these charter schools the piece of the sales tax per kid, and that's really our money under Mm -hmm. the settlement. Uh, And under the law, if the state overpays the charters, because the the state pays the charter schools both the local aid, I mean the state aid amount, plus the local share. And then what they do is they deduct the local share from the district's entitlement to state aid. So it all comes out. Uh, Right, so... uh, so the charter schools got very, very uh, upset about this because they're going to lose $42 million.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: Over the last 10 years, and, and the law provides that if the state has overpaid them, then that money has to be paid in 12 monthly installments in one year. Wow. So some of them are saying, look, uh, we may not be able to stay in business mm-hmm. if we lose that back amount and— if going forward we don't get our share of the sales tax, uh, which is part of the, the local taxing effort. So that's where we are. Uh, the case is in federal court. There have been a number of, of uh, people trying to get folks together. Uh, my own view is that, it, that the, the way this was set up for the charter schools, and the charter schools, mind you, were authorized in the very same law that authorize the city voters to approve a sales tax.
1: And can I stop you and just yeah. ask what the difference is between those charter schools and the rest of St. Louis public schools?
0: What's 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 different about them? Because they're all public schools. Mm-hmm. They're all supported by tax money, and they don't charge tuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the district schools are run uh, by uh, as a unit, uh, and there's I can't remember how many there are, but there's mm-hmm. dozens. Uh, that are run uh, by a central office and their central taxing authority and all that. The charter school is an independent school. And it has its own board or its own governing authority. It is set up uh, originally when uh, we were designing the legislation, we had people, we had universities that would sponsor them. Okay. And then they broaden the spot or school districts could sponsor charters. Well, the school district wasn't interested in sponsoring charter schools, so that wasn't going to happen. But there were some sponsorships available through University of Missouri-St. Louis. I think St. Louis University sponsored some charter schools. So there were sponsors, and then some of them were truly gotten to be independent. Um, But they've been doing very well with their schools. Mm -hmm. And and the idea that, that the charter schools... Uh, in the legislation that I worked on in 1998, we needed to get Republican votes to pass that bill Mm -hmm. in the Senate. And the Republican senators told me, you won't, we won't vote for your bill unless there's charter schools in there, a provision for charter schools. And Governor Carnahan wasn't really too thrilled about the idea of charter schools, although it helped that the Clinton administration were getting behind charter schools. But Basically, the idea of charter schools is you have a number of independent schools competing with the public schools, and somehow that might act as a catalyst to, mm-hmm. to improve uh, education. So, I think the theory... Go ahead.
1: No, so these uh, this competition and this independence, mm-hmm. do you think that that's created some of the problems, or how could we have yeah. anticipated what's come forth
0: from I, this? I think that the competition probably does... Uh, but they've been cooperative, too. And some charters are more cooperative with the central district than others. I think the KIPP schools, uh, which started in New York, and there's a KIPP school here. I think they uh, make efforts to uh, to uh, reach out and be involved with the school district. I think other schools do that as well. There are excellent charter schools. There are charter schools that have failed.
1: Yes. and mm-hmm. And
0: people said that to me when I was saying to the governor and to other people that look, you know, these are going to be in there or else we're not going to have a bill. They say, well, charter schools, some of them are going to fail. And I would say, and I had spent three or four years looking at public schools in St. Louis, Kansas City. I said, some of those schools are failing too, but they don't go out of business. Mm -hmm. That's the difference.
1: So we've been talking about uh, the issue that's happening here in St. Louis and this lawsuit between the public schools uh, and the charter schools. But how does this current battle in St. Louis play out in the national picture?
0: Well, I think there's been, um, from community to community, more or less acceptance of charter schools. Mm-hmm. I think that, for example, when they were, there were a lot of, uh, especially when the Republicans took over the legislature in 2002, roughly, there, were, there was uh, a lot of impetus for uh, making charters more widespread. But there's a number of people from uh, rural Missouri who have no interest in charter schools because They know their school system. They have one high school. They might have a middle school and two or three grade schools. They know that district. That's their district. Uh, They don't need any competition, uh, and they take care of it. Uh, In other areas, um, competition wouldn't help because the local resources are so scarce. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the urban areas where you've got different kinds of kids and different kinds of uh, neighborhoods and different approaches to education, Um, letting people have choices, I think, has has improved things. And with the charter schools, the principle to remember is the money follows the kid. If the kid, if the parents actually, Uh choose to send their kid to a charter school, that state aid and that local money goes with the kid to the school. It goes to the public school if he goes to the public school. It goes to the county school district if he transfers to the county.
1: So money is always a big issue um, Mm -hmm. with virtually anything that we're talking about. And that's really what this boils down to is sort of the funding structure that's happening in between. So is there any kind of structure that you could propose that you think would help alleviate this issue?
0: Yeah, I think that the, um, sadly, the uh, priorities of of our legislature, our present-day legislature, are to cut taxes. Mm -hmm. And And I think they're a tax cut bill from a session or two ago, which is phased in. Is ultimately going to result in a tax cut of about a half a billion dollars, 500 so million dollars. Well, that's about how far short we are in funding the the schools to an adequate level as defined by the first adequacy formula statewide. Um, so it's not just the city schools in this and the urban area schools that are being shorted; they're all being shorted. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think we have to really get serious about funding education um, because we got some choices and the choices are pay me now or pay me later. The prison system is full of people who got missed or mistreated Mm -hmm. in the educational system who didn't get the right kind of education or weren't diagnosed correctly. I mean, there's a lot of home problems that fit Mm -hmm. into this and all of that, Uh, But what you really see is that that makes a difference. Um, The other reason that I think it makes a substantial difference is that uh, communities and states that have invested heavily in education have done much better in attracting businesses than states like ours that just throw some tax credits at them. Mm -hmm. Because I am not going to move my company to a state that has a dumb educational system. Uh, I'm just not going to do it. I I don't want my uh, executives... uh, to be bereft of, of options to educating their kids, and I want a workforce that has a certain modicum of education, and if I don't get that, I'm going to go someplace else. And I think that's the sad story of the last 30 years in this state, uh, with some exceptions. I mean, we did some improvements to the funding of education in the 90s. There was money, and we had changed the formula. A lot of districts came up, but mm-hmm. uh, what, what goes to, up? can also go down. Absolutely.
1: So you noted that it really does depend on the quality of education uh, that, they're, that people are getting when they're young, and that really mm-hmm. does have impacts for what we see in the future. So what do you see as the future of public education in St. Louis?
0: I, th- I think that the, if, the, if we can get past this immediate controversy, and in some ways I have urged the disputants to go to the people who really need to be put on the spot on that, and that's the legislature. Mm-hmm. Because when you underfund the state, the basic state aid portion, uh, what you're doing is you're leaving the people in the local area to really scramble to get the resources. So you've got a system that's set up competition to improve education. Now they're competing for the money. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. So uh, get together... And go talk to your legislators and tell them, look, uh, this, is, this is a serious problem. Uh, because I think that the, uh, uh, you can see in the city around schools that are doing well, real neighborhood development. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can look at you know, some of the charter schools like the Child Grove Montessori, which is a, uh, uh, which is a charter school. That area is doing very well. It's also in the same area, I might add, as uh, St. Margaret of Scotland Catholic School, uh, which is, I think, building a new school. There hasn't been a new Catholic school or a, built in this in this area in the city for decades. I mean, so there there are people moving to where they perceive the education to be good. I mean.
1: So what do you see happening if this lawsuit prevails?
0: I mean, if the charter schools lose the money? Yes. Um, I think some of them will probably have to cut back and will do p- more poorly. Um, and I think that they will um, you will lose the sense of cooperation that people had who were all in the business of educating the children of the city. So I think that that would be a terrible thing.
1: But it sounds like we have made great strides in the last uh, few decades as far as the desegregation of the schools goes. I,
0: I think so. And and I, and I think that people have to appreciate the progress that we have made because, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the kind of uh, uh, political whipping uh, uh, place that it used to be. Uh, back in the 80s, there were ads that ran about against the desec program. that was a uh, the candidate for uh, one of the candidates for governor in the Republican Party ran pictures of the Magnet School in Kansas City, where they had a swimming pool and they were teaching kids how to do canoeing in a swimming pool <laughs> in Kansas City, and they were showing that, of course, in rural Missouri, uh-huh. where they can't afford a canoe, much less a swimming pool. So mm-hmm. I mean, so there was a lot of resentment built up between, ur- between urban, between rural and urban uh, areas about that, and I think that that. I hope it's going away, but there still is a good deal of like racial uh, uh, feeling and resentment. But it's much, much less, I think, in, in our city, in our, in our community, uh, immediately around St. Louis, than, than some of the more dramatic ways of looking at it in, in uh, parts of the state and the country.
1: So we've moved forward, but there's still places for us to go. Oh, yes. Mike, I want to thank you for joining us today again uh, to discuss the funding fight over public education. We really look forward to hearing more about this issue in the future and seeing what comes to fruition.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining us for SLU Law Summations, produced by St. Louis University School of Law.